Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good to see everyone. Come on, please help me welcome in all of our locations, all of our campuses right now. We're so glad that you're with us. And uh, before we get into today's message, just a couple of things. As you know, tonight is the big night with Joyce Meyer, 5.30 or 7.30. Let me kind of explain what, uh, what I've been trying to do this year and last year. I'm, I'm trying to get a couple of these generals of the faith, so to speak. People that have just lived a long life of integrity, have been in the ministry for a long time to, to come to our church and to, and to impart uh, to our church and especially uh, into our young people, into our high schoolers and, and college age. And, uh, and so that's why we're having Joyce here tonight. So she'll be speaking at 530. That's for everyone. Uh, 730 is for, it's a sub 30 service, but we understand if you can make the 7.30 and you can't make that 5.30, if obviously if you're over 30, just put a hat on and we'll let you in. We're not checking IDs tonight uh, with Joyce, so to speak. And uh, however, I do encourage you this. We know that a lot of people at Celebration, they're, they're choosing the 5.30 or the 7.30 night as their service of the weekend. Hopefully they're watching this online, but I do need you to let people know for your friends and family that, that are only coming to the Sunday night service and didn't come today, if they didn't watch online, please have them listen to this message. It's just a very, very important conclusion to our Sex and Sensibility series. I'm gonna give you a lot of practical things today, and it's gonna kind of connect a lot of the dots that we've been talking about uh, over the last few weeks. I do wanna remind you that this message is PG-13, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college and all that, that's great. But man, if you have a, you know, an elementary school child or younger, now's a good time to get them into children's church because we will be talking about stuff, okay? Sexual stuff. But before we do that, I have a real important announcement. Here's what we're gonna do. We've landed all of our Heart for the House uh, initiatives for this year. So what I wanna talk to you about is what we are doing this year, what we are starting construction on or completing this year for our Heart for the House. You know, we started Fort Lauderdale. We started our launch team gatherings. That's going great. Celebration Church, Fort Lauderdale down in... Fort Lauderdale, awesome. And then there's also Orange Park. I'm gonna to talk to you about that in just a second. And then next weekend, we'll be talking about uh, our retreat center out at Honey Lake. And we will also uh, be talking about, yes, our Midtown location coming back online for the college and our offices. We're renovating that. Man, it's gonna be so awesome. So yeah, get ready, Celebration College. We'll be talking about that, but that's next week. I need to talk to you about OP. Okay, everybody listen, right? Okay, so y'all know last year, right, we bought that great piece of property right off of uh, 295 and 17. They're across the Buckman for our Orange Park campus. Great piece of property. Got it for about $750,000 right off 295 and 17. We were planning on building a brand new uh, facility there this year. As we were looking at, you know, the egress and, and all of those things and, and about to start building another piece of property. Come on, how many of you know you need to follow the cloud? You got to follow the cloud. You got to be, got to be flexible. Another piece of property an already built, built structure, a warehouse, a really large well, warehouse became available, 
kind of right across 295, right across to, uh, 295 on 295 and Blanding, okay? And this warehouse was uh, almost three times as big, had double the parking, and we could build it out in half the time and for half the cash. Are you following me? There, then, then the other facility. And so after a lot of prayer and checking both of them out, we are gonna go with this other location. Listen, we're closing June 29th. We're, we're, we're starting construction immediately after that. Now it takes about 45 days, you know, to get your permitting and construction contracts and all that kind of stuff. But we're gonna start immediately following that. Construction will be four uh, months to six months. And so Orange Park, you will be moving in your brand new, watch the entire building is 122,000 square feet, much bigger than the arena. It'll be the biggest building that we have. We're only building out, only, only building out 65,000 square feet. It's gonna have state-of-the-art everything. We are not gonna borrow money from the bank. Come on, church, we are gonna do it for cash. The arena, we have three points of egress here, okay? You guys have five or six points of egress with multiple, so no great parking, no traffic's gonna be back up. We're backed up to one of the largest residential areas on OP and the west side. And so it is gonna be fantastic, and we are moving in lock, stock, and barrel quickly. And so I wanted to real quickly just show a, a video, and you guys can just see how it looks, right off of 295 and Blandy. So come on, give God a big, big hand for that. So we're doing. So, so we're going ASAP. Like I said, we're gonna be in a lease to own 
and we are gonna own the building eventually, but man, it's costing us about half the cash uh, to do it moving in. So that's why your heart for the house you're giving, it's so, so important. Listen, every little bit matters. And uh, it's so, I just wanna thank all of you for your tithing and your heart for the house giving and putting God first because we don't want uh, any delays. And hey, listen to this. So we're selling that other piece of property that we bought for 750,000. We just had it appraised. It appraised for over 1.2 million. How about that? So we're gonna... That's right. That's right. I'm believing God of Walmart buys it and moves in, and we're going to charge them top dollar. And uh, you'll know how I talk about Walmart, my sermons a lot of times. It's the epicenter of humanity. If you need a pallet of sod and a sirloin steak, Walmart, only Walmart is your place. Amen. So look, if you, if you have your Bibles or your iPhones, you have the Version Bible on your mobile device, uh, go to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses one through four. I'm gonna read this in just a second. We're gonna take a look today at a pretty tragic story in the Bible. It's in the life of David, and this is where David commits sexual sin, commits adultery, with Bathsheba. Bathsheba was actually married to one of David's good friends and one of the greatest warriors in his army, uh, Uriah. And uh, David falls into sexual sin. And so we're gonna unpack this. And here's what I want to do today. I wanna talk to you about how to affair-proof your marriage, okay? And, and if you're single and you're in here, I'm so glad you're here. I, I, man, I, this is when you need to hear this stuff before you're married, or before you're married again, okay? How to fair-proof your marriage. And what we're gonna talk about is how to plan to not have an affair. Okay, as you might well say, well, Stovall, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? I mean, I'm pretty much kind of planning on not having an affair. Well, really, well, what's your plan? Well, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm sure that was David and Bathsheba's plan too. See, here's the thing. When you're at the altar, when you're saying I do, and it's the, 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 the groom and the bride, the last thing on your mind is that one day you're gonna have an affair. No one plans to have an affair, yet, watch this, latest statistics, put this up here. 70% of married men and 60% of married women have affairs. I promise you, nearly all of these people, probably 100% of them, when they were at the altar saying, I do, none of them were planning on having an affair yet. According to Holly Hine in the book, Sexual Detours, 70% of married men and 60% of married women have affairs. So here's what, if the, these people weren't planning on having an affair, People don't plan to have an affair when they're married, so I just wanna turn it around and say this. So let's do this. Let's plan not to have an affair. Let's get a working plan in place. We are gonna make a plan not to have an affair. I also wanna say this before I get into this message. I know that in a church our size, I know that there are people in this room and you've had an affair. You've committed adultery. Some of you in here, whether, you know, husband or wife, I mean, one of you, maybe you're the one that committed adultery and you really devastated your spouse. Some of you, your spouse committed adultery on you. I mean, listen, adultery and sexual sin 
cause so much pain, especially in a marriage relationship. And I, in this message, I don't want you to start digging up things of the past and all that kind of stuff. Listen, the important thing is that we learn how to honor God with our bodies and honor God in our marriages from this day forward. From this day forward, okay? So I don't want anyone feeling condemned. I'm thinking about the, you know, in John chapter eight, the woman called in adultery, you know? Jesus says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. None of those guys were without their own issues, those Pharisees. And Jesus looked at that woman caught in the very act of adultery. So she'd probably been in you know, sexual sin and adulterous relationships for a long time. And Jesus says, I do not condemn you. You're forgiven. In other words, you're forgiven. You're clean, you're free. However, go and sin no more. Adultery and sexual sin have devastating consequences. And we're gonna see this in the life of David, okay? Remember this, David, from, from this point forward, okay, I mean, David's a man after God's own heart. David loves God. David killed Goliath. David, brought, he was the man that danced before the Lord with all of his might. Jesus comes from the lineage of David. This is King David. And yet even King David was susceptible. We're all susceptible to sexual sin. And from this day forward, David's life, watch, God forgave him. He's still called a man after God's own heart after this. But tragedy never departed from the house of David after this moment. His daughter was raped. He had three sons that were killed. The Bible says that the sword wouldn't depart from David. And what happened with David was not only did David, so he's gonna have this affair with Bathsheba. He's gonna sleep with Bathsheba. She's gonna become pregnant. The baby's gonna die. And then David in his sin, and this is, I'm gonna talk about this. David, and, and here's where some people go with this. David, the, the, as bad as that was, David right after this could have come clean. He could have come clean and he could have got right, but he stayed in that sin. And are you ready for this? David, King David, he had the husband of Bathsheba, Uriah, his good friend. He had him murdered, murdered. David, King David, the man after God's own heart. The lineage of Jesus, Jesus, King David. He was not only an adulterer, he was a murderer. Murdered his best friend, or one of his best friends, for his friend's wife. How many of you might be feeling a little better about yourself right now? You're just feeling a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? You might have your own issues going on, but come on, if you haven't murdered your friend's spouse, you're doing okay. Come on, can you thank God for his mercy? Just think about that. That is, that is the mercy of God. So there were serious consequences of this, and there were serious consequences of, of David's sin, of murder, and so we wanna avoid these terrible, devastating consequences that we have when adultery's committed, okay? So I'm gonna talk to you how to fair-proof your marriage. We're gonna get a practical plan. If, if this is a great message to take notes, it's going real practical. We're summarizing this sermon all up, or this series all up in some real practical steps. I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about how not to have an affair, and I've entitled this message, A Room With A View. A Room With A View. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you sow deep in our hearts your word, God. God, that we understand, Lord, how important it is to honor you with our bodies, honor you in our marriage. God, we do not 
want to experience the devastating consequences or any more devastating consequences of adultery or this type of sexual sin. And we give you all the thanks for helping us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Now look at this. Look, look, look. It says, look, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. Keep it right there. Keep it right here. Okay, so look, you know how like, you know, in the spring we have baseball season, right? In the fall we have football season, right? Well, back in Old Testament times, they had war season. There wasn't football season. There wasn't baseball season. Spring, if that's, that was the time of war. It wasn't too cold. It wasn't too wet where chariots and things would get stuck in the mud. This was just kind of the season where you're going to go out. You're going to gain more territory. You're going to fortify your territory. This is the way it was. You're going to secure resources and all this kind of stuff. David is, a, is at a point in his life where, man, I mean, Israel's doing good. And he's doing good. He's achieved a measure of success. And if you study this a little bit deeper, what you'll find is, is that David's guys, kind of his, his top commanders, including Uriah, said, you know what, David? You know, you've gone to enough battles. David was about 50 years old at this time. Scholars say right at 50, 50 years old. They said, you know, David, you've been fighting. You've been going to these battles. Look, man, we got it. We got it this season. Okay, you just stay back. We don't want you to get hurt or anything. And, you know, just, just stay back this time. We, we got this year. We're going to go out to battle. See, it's real, real important. Watch, and I'm going to get to this, how we get susceptible to affairs and sexual sin. It's so important that we understand that we always got to stay true to our purpose and there's one thing with getting rest, but there's another thing of getting idle and bored that could lead to frustration and a whole lot of other things. And that's what's going to happen in David. So all of his friends are out. He's lonely. He does, he's not hanging out with his guys. He's kind of like, man, what's going on with my life? I mean, I used to be this warrior, you know, and, and now they're wanting me to stay back. But man, come on, I'm still 50. I got it going on. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't really kind of see myself in kind of old age or whatever yet. But they're not wanting me to go back to battle anymore, so I'm looking back. I'm kind of in this mid-season. I'm 50. It's your classic what the world would call midlife crisis. I said, I don't believe in midlife crisis. I believe in midlife revivals. How about that? Let's change it to that. You have to learn how to meet God and stand with God in the middle. Well, I got a whole nother message about a middle. Let me tell you where this is demonstrated in the Bible real quick. Remember when Jesus' disciples, Jesus said, I want y'all to get in this boat and go to the other side. So they got in the boat and they were heading towards the other side and they were out in the middle of the lake, the Bible says, and that's when the storm came and the waves were big and there was all this storm. Watch, they couldn't see back where they came from David's like, well, I used to be a warrior and go out to battle. I'm not doing that anymore. I can't really, can't see, go back to that. They couldn't see back to where they came from. They had yet to see the shore of where they're going. Here's David, well, I can't really, I'm not really at the point in my life where I kind of see the end and I'm really motivated to finish strong. 
I'm kind of in the middle, a little confused, maybe tired, maybe frustrated, maybe at a place of dis disappointment or discouragement. I hadn't really fulfilled, you know, I have these expectations and there's been some curveballs thrown my way. I can't really see the end, but I'm too far from here. I'm in the middle. Listen, that's when the enemy will bring storms into your life and storms of temptation, and you have to learn to do what the disciples did. They cried out to Jesus. They got Jesus in the boat, and when Jesus stepped in the boat, they immediately got to the other side. You have to learn not to surrender to the storm, but cry out to Jesus in the storm and say, Lord, I might be frustrated or feeling this or feeling that or wanting this or wanting that, but Lord, I want you more. So watch this, verse two. It says, and it happened one evening. Do you see this? Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. I mean, what a classic, huh? Poor guy walks out on his roof and lo and behold, here's a beautiful naked woman taking a bath. You think that's how it really happened? I'm gonna show you how it really happened. Keep going. Go. Verse four. Then David sent his messengers and took her and she came to him. So he's like, man, go get her. I want that. What should have David said after he said, I want that? He should have said, but Lord, I want you more. Look, they took her, she came to him and he lay with her and she returned to her house. So watch, the Bible says, oh, it just happened one evening. Let me tell you what scholars believe. And this is not in the Bible. This is just me reading concordances and scholars. Here's what the scholars said. They said that the king's palace was such a way at that time over Jerusalem where if you went out on your roof, especially a certain part of your roof that over you could see on the top of a lot of other people's houses, if you went out on your roof at evening time, there was a very good chance if you went out looking for something, you would find it because that was the time when women came out to bathe on their roofs. In other words, it was kind of culturally known, hey, if you're a guy, don't be out on your roof looking around if you can see on top of everybody else's roof. But here we see David, he's not in battle. He's not into his purpose. His friends are gone. Here we see David, one evening, he's out on his roof. Let me tell you what I believe. I can't show you this in scripture, but I'm gonna show you it through some other things. So here's what I believe. I believe David had taken many strolls on that roof that spring. I believe that David was out on that roof looking for something. And then it happened one evening that he saw the itch 
that would satisfy his scratch, if you know what I'm saying. Because, see, here's the thing about adultery. When the act of adultery is finally committed, you end up doing physically what you have been doing mentally and emotionally for a long, long time. When the act of adultery is finally commended, you end up doing physically what you've been doing mentally and emotionally for a long, long time. He didn't just walk up there on his roof that evening and was like, whoa, man, look at that naked woman in a bath. Hey, go get that woman. Oops. It didn't happen like that. No, there was something that was broken in David's soul. And he had been out on that roof several other times that spring. He had a room with a view. And finally the enemy was able to present him with that temptation, with that enticement at a time when David was broken and David was weak. And David gave in to that temptation and suffered terrible consequences for it. So here's what I want to say, church. I want us to plan not to have an affair because one day you will have a room with a view. You will be somewhere with someone or something will happen and the temptation will present itself. And if you do not establish safeguards when you're strong, one evening, the one time that you're weak, you could reap a lot of devastation in your life. Come on, how many of you are believing, man, you're gonna go God's way, you're gonna get a plan not to? Having a fair, all right, let's look at this real quick. Let me give you a few more scriptures here, okay? Let me give you a few more scriptures just to terrify you. Let me say this about Proverbs. Guess who's writing Proverbs? King Solomon. Guess who King Solomon's dad, dad was? Guess who his mom was? You don't think he knew a few things about the pain of adultery and sexual sin? Look at this. Now, this was their other child. This was not the baby that died. That was the baby that, you know, when Bathsheba got pregnant when they were uh, committing adultery. This was another. And this is a great story of God's redemption. Listen, God will work all things for good, but I'm telling you, you can avoid a lot of pain if you just go God's way from the onset. Can I have a good amen? So look, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. And let me say this. Look, this is men or women. This is, the, this is just the principle of adultery, sexual sin, whoever commits it. Look, her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable. You do not know them. Now look at Proverbs 6, 32 and 33. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get and his reproach will not be wiped away. 
Yes, God forgives. Yes, God can heal. Yes, God can restore. Yes, God can redeem. But that consequence is something that you live with for the rest of your life. And some of you that have experienced this on one side or the other, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't want to bring you back to that. You know that God can heal you and God forgives you. And God's, listen, listen, God, God is the all-sufficient one. But we need to understand that, listen, we belong to Jesus and our marriages are to honor Jesus and our body and all of its sexuality, as strong as the sex drive is, God has called us to honor him with our bodies. We were bought with a price. We are not our own. God is trying to save you from a lot of pain in your life by you fulfilling your sexual desires in a blessed biblical way in the context of marriage only with your spouse. Look at this. This is what I was talking about. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. Remember, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. You, you, you can think, you know, you're a guy. Well, there's a lot of girls that you can think are attractive. There's a lot of girls you can think are pretty. But man, if you're a married man, you better only have desire for one. I only have desire for my wife. I can think a lot of girls are cute. A lot of girls are attractive, but my only desire is for Carrie. And it's the same thing if you're a woman. You might think a lot of guys are cute. But if you're married, you better, th you better only have the desire for one. You better learn how to manage your attraction and shut it down before attraction turns into desire because once it turns into this, then it's enticement. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown brings forth death. Okay, so let me show you the how to do it if you're a married person, especially you guys, listen to this. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and a graceful doe. Look, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Come on, married men. Thank God for the boobs of your wife. Hey, don't, don't look at me like that's all offensive. Why should you be saying that in church? This is God. God is the one who put boobs in the Bible. Don't be mad at me. Tell God to take it out. Let your wife's boobs satisfy you. Look, at all times, guys, I'm trying to help you out. Do you see this look? and always be enraptured with her love. You need to take this Proverbs 5, verse 19, and like, look, honey, it says, I need your boobs to satisfy me at all times. Look, I'm just trying to obey the Bible. Don't you want a husband that likes to obey the word of God? Don't, don't, don't hinder me. I'm just trying to be spiritual here. What does the Bible say? Carrie taught us this, neurons that fire together, wire together. This is how you can be blessed. And look what the next verse is. Why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman? Why start firing and wiring to something that's gonna lead you to death and destruction? Look, and be embraced in the arms of seductress. God has given you 
your wife, or if you're a woman, God has given you your husband, and he wants you to be fulfilled and satisfied in your sexual life. But to do that and be blessed in it, you got to do it God's way. So watch this. Let me show you the anatomy of an affair. Here's how affairs happen. Here's how adultery happens. Here's how it happened for David. Remember, when the act of adultery is finally committed, you end up doing physically what you've been doing mentally and emotionally for a long time. So here's what happens, okay? First thing is attraction. Now, sometimes you can't help this. The person's cute, the person's pretty, or whatever. Here's where you manage it. You don't let it go, okay, wow, that person's cute. Wow, that person makes me feel good. Okay, so what? It doesn't matter. I'm married. I'm shutting that thing down. I'm resisting any temptation. I only have desire and eyes for my wife, or if you're a woman, for your husband. Do you see what I'm saying? But if you don't manage this right and, sh and shut this down, it can go from attraction. If you feed it, it can go to flirtation. I'll just flirt a little bit, just a little here, a little there. Maybe someone at the office, maybe in a chat room, maybe on social media. Oh, there's no harm in that. There's a ton of harm in that because what you don't realize is you're on a path. Remember what? No one plans to have an affair. How do you think it happens? It just, one little compromise, wall down, you keep this going, then it's gonna turn into to deception. Oh, there's nothing wrong with this. It's harmless. It's not going anywhere. You're on a path. Look at the next thing. You, deception goes to seduction. What is de de seduction? Seduction is when you are actively trying to get that person to be attracted to you. You're a married man and you're actively trying to get another woman to be attracted to you. You're in seduction. You're a woman. You're actively trying to get another man to be attractive to you. Listen to this. A while back, I was in uh, the grocery store and there was that ma magazine on, uh, you know, when you're checking out, it was that magazine, um, Cosmo, Cosmo Pollution. Cosmo, I mean, Cosmo Pollution, Cosmopolitan. That's what I mean, Cosmopolitan. Are y'all familiar with some of that, that magazine? I'm sure none of y'all ever read it. Okay, so... Uh, you know what was on the cover? 50 ways to seduce your boss. Is that, is that kind of what it's coming to? Is that, is that what our culture wants to inspire our young women to do? To seduce your boss who's probably married? I thought about this, 50 ways. What do they do? Like get a creative team together? Okay, 50 ways. Come on, let's get some studies of 50 ways to seduce your boss. They must not know men very well. I could give you just one way, okay? Just get naked and get in a tub like Bathsheba and just get before him. Look, this is a serious subject matter. Y'all gonna let me have a little fun with it or not, okay? It's, so we're dealing with a lot of Pain and serious things here, so every now and then, y'all chill out. <laughs> but if it doesn't stop here, look, it goes from seduction, watch, to the act. Adultery, let me remind you. When adultery is finally committed, you end up doing physically what you have been doing mentally and emotionally.
for a long, long time. No one, including David, just accidentally commits adultery. That's why we've got to shut it down right here. Are you following me? And I'm going to give you a plan. I'm going to show you how to do that. Because if these things keep going, the final thing is devastation. I beg you today, if you're in sexual immorality, if you're in an affair, if you're committing adultery, I beg you in the name of Jesus to cut that thing off right now. If you're a single woman and you're involved with a married man, you need to stop that thing right now. It, you, there is devastation happening and the longer that you're in it, the more damage there's gonna be. If you're a married man, if you're cheating, if you're a woman, if you're cheating, listen, if you're in adultery, I'm begging you in the name of Jesus to repent right now and get things right so you can get whole. I would say to you what Jesus said to the woman caught into adultery, and I'm talking to men and women here. Listen, I don't condemn you. You repent, you're forgiven but go and sin no more. You know what he finished that with? Lest something worse happen to you. Just think if King David would have repented and cut it off after he committed adultery instead of staying in deception and going down that thing and having the woman's husband murdered. Exactly what happened to him is what Jesus, something worse is gonna happen. The destruction, the devastation, it's gonna be greater and greater. You've got to cut it off. Listen, you have got to cut it off. And don't tell me, well, uh, she just, you know, she just makes me feel so good. Maybe right now. What is that? Well, she, you know, my wife, you know, this, this, um, my wife's gotten older now and you know, whatever. This young girl, she's a lot prettier. What, your wife's 45 and you're, you're seeing a 25 year old? Who doesn't look good at 25? Anybody looks good at 25. You're gonna trade in your, your wife that's had all of your kids that's been stretched out every which way? You wanna know why your wife has put on a little weight? Because of all those good meals she cooked for you and she said that you wanted and you said, you put that weight on her. Those wrinkles she has on her face, you know why she has them? All the time she's been worrying about you and trying to help you and thinking about you. You gave her those wrinkles. And now you're just gonna trade her in. Is that where marriage has gotten today in our country? It's like that thing that's trying to be passed, the, the, the marriage lease. We want all the benefits of marriage, but we don't, want, we don't want it to be like this binding legal thing. It's a lease, like I can have a five-year option to renew how many of you want to do that? How many of you want to go to the altar? That's going to be your wedding. I so-and-so take the so-and-so. It's going to be a five-year renewable lease. And you just lay out your demands. You stay nice. You stay pretty. You live up to all my expectations. You don't ever be mean. You don't ever do this. You don't ever do that. And you don't ever do that. And then maybe I will renew it. Is that what you want your... Wedding to be like? Keep going on. Let me give you, let's talk about this. Okay, how are we gonna fair proof our marriages, okay? Let's get the plan. Are you ready? Realize that you're susceptible. Everybody's susceptible. 
Anybody susceptible? Well, not me, Stovall. You know, I'm fired up for God and I love my wife or I love my husband. Listen, you were susceptible. If King David, a man after God's own heart who killed Goliath, who God blessed him every which way, who brought worship into the nation of Israel, who was of the lineage of Jesus, if King David can do what he did, if he was susceptible, you were susceptible. And if you don't think you're susceptible, that's the first step to you really being susceptible. We're gonna plan not to have an affair. Let me tell you when you're most susceptible. This is all about self-awareness, all right? Here's when you're most susceptible. Not when you're all, everything's great and you're all fired up for God. Here's when you're most susceptible. When you're tired, keep going. When you're discouraged, when you're angry, when you're insecure, when you're lonely, and when you're bored. When you're tired, discouraged, angry, insecure, lonely, or bored. Did you know that your mind interprets boredom as stress? Did you know all of these things right now? You know, if you're tired, discouraged, angry, insecure, lonely, bored in your marriage or just in life in general, you know what your mind interprets all these things as? Stress. And you know what your mind is telling you? I need to escape. I need relief. I need reprieve. I want out of this stress. And your mind, your body is craving, watch, the highest pleasure with the least amount of commitment. When you're in this state, your body wants the highest amount of pleasure or relief and the lowest amount of commitment. That's why pornography is such a big temptation to a man. We get like this, and then here's this escape. And it's just this escape, it's just this relief. When you're like this, watch, your body is numb. You just want to feel again. You want to feel alive again. You want to, you want to, your body is saying, I need some type of relief. This right here, listen, what is being Christ-like? Being mature and secure in Jesus. Your success depends on how well you are able to process pain and disappointment in your life. You have to be self-aware. It's called emotional intelligence. I know when I'm weak. I know when I'm likely to act crazy. Come on. I know what happens if I'm in this state and I stay out of church and I stay away from my friends. You're going to find yourself out on a roof with a room with a view. You understand, I've had pastors, friends of mine that have committed adultery. It was never about the woman. It was always about this. They were broken on the inside. So let's realize any of us are susceptible, and this is what leads into the next one. I want you to visualize the devastation. Visualize the devastation. I want you to, if you're tempted or whatever, when your body is crying out for escape or whatever it is, or you think this person is, you know, you've let the attraction go too far or whatever it is, I want you to think about it, what it's gonna be like to sit down and tell your kids. I want you to think about what it's gonna be like to sit down and tell your wife or tell your husband. My daughters are sitting right over there. My son's probably in the loft or somewhere. I had a pastor friend of mine, he committed adultery. Like I said, it wasn't about the woman. It was about he was tired and fatigued and discouraged and broken and lonely. 
and his marriage was in a, in a bad place. And the opera, the evening came and he'd been doing mentally and emotionally that for a while and then it happened. You know what he told me afterwards? After he, you know, he came clean, he confessed and all that kind of stuff. He had to stand up just like I'm in today and tell his church what he had done and he was sorry and he was resigning and how he had disappointed them. He said, Stovall, in that moment of temptation, if I could have visualized myself on that stage, telling the entire church with my family sitting on the front row what I'd done and I was sorry, I it would have never. So you know what I do just every now and then? I visualize myself. If I would do something like that, I'd have to stand up here, face every single one of y'all. I'd have to tell my wife. I'd have to tell my kids. Well, God, Stovall, that's kind of serious. That's kind of, man, is it that big a deal? Yes, it is. You know why? Because I'm planning on not having an affair. I'm, I'm plan that's my plan. So there's nothing, watch, watch. Didn't you read that scripture? So if temptation presents itself, you've got to look past the smooth lips and past the honey and past all of that. You've got to see the bitter wormwood and the consequences for what happens. You got to visualize the devastation. Go to the next one. And establish safeguards. I like to say it this way. Establish safeguards when you're strong so you don't destroy your life when you're weak. Establish safeguards when you're strong so you don't self-destruct later. So I'm gonna put safeguards. Remember that what I was showing you here? In fact, put it back here. I'm about to close, I'm about to close. Put back up those things when you're tired, when you're lonely, when you're angry. Put, put all of them back up here. I'm gonna show you why you need safeguards, okay? See this right here? When you don't have safeguards and you act out on this, you know what it's like? You might be an adult, but it's like you're throwing a tantrum. How many of you have a preschooler, four-year-old, five-year-old, you know what I'm talking about? When do preschoolers, when does a five-year-old throw a tantrum? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Watch. You get a preschooler who's taking a five-year-old. When do they throw a tantrum? They're tired. They're discouraged. They're angry. They didn't get their way. They're not getting enough attention. They're feeling lonely. They're bored. So you know what they do? They throw a tantrum and they scream and cry and throw their toys. See, when you're five and you have a tantrum, you scream and cry and throw your toys. When you're 50 and you have a tantrum, you have an affair and self-destruct. Are you following me? It's a tantrum. They're both tantrums. One's at five, one's at 50. So here's why. Back to the, so let's establish safeguards because don't you know you're gonna have days where all of those things are going on on the inside of you. So let's establish safeguards when we're strong so we don't destroy our lives when we're weak, right? Because we're planning on not having an affair, right? So here's the action steps. Are you ready? Here's your plan. I've given you those 
Three things right there, but here's the plan. Here's the, let's establish some safeguards. Here's the three don'ts. Here's the three do's and don'ts of marital faithfulness. And this can also apply some of them when you're single and when you're dating. Let's talk about the don'ts, okay? Don't, if you're a married man, don't spend time alone with the opposite sex. Just don't do that. Well, we had to do a business lunch and then take somebody with you. Well, you know, I was on this trip and we just had to sit down and talk about this. Well, that, have somebody else in the room. Have somebody else in the house. Don't do, don't do that. Oh man, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know what? I know you're fine 95% of the time. But there will be some times. See, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. There will be some times when you're lonely, when you're frustrated, when you're angry. So I'm telling you, you better set up boundaries and safeguards right now when you're strong. So you just don't spend time. I talked, you know, when I used to pastor the college and uh, career at, uh, back when I just started out in ministry, I would hear this all the time. A couple would be dating and they'd come in and the guy would be like, oh, pastor, I messed up. I did the dirty or I went too far. I messed up. Be like, well, tell, what, what happened? And he's in there with the girl, and he's like, well, you know, we went to church that night. It was awesome. See, it's it's not about how much you love God. I know you love God, but you know what? There is a humanity side of you. There is a sin nature side of you. There is a flesh side of you. Jesus said, watch and pray, so you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your flesh will never be strong. Oh, I can handle it. I don't need all these safeguards. Really, you know what you're doing? You're boasting in the flesh. You're doing the one thing that the apostle Paul said he would never do. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna boast in the cross of Jesus and I'm gonna humble myself and I'm gonna set up safeguards. Yeah, I said, well, Pesto, I just couldn't help. We went to church, it was great. We went out to dinner, it was great. Then we were with a group of friends. We went to the movies and then it was about you know midnight and I went to drop her off and I dropped her off at her apartment and her roommate was out of town. And everything that we do. La 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 That wasn't rehearsed at all. Give it up for Jeff McDuffie. That was the right one right there. I just, I couldn't, you know, and so I went in her house and that song was on the do, 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 and I started feeling love and, you know, we sat down on the couch and got a blanket and snuggled up and it was about 2 a.m. and it was dark and I don't know what happened. I couldn't control myself. You know what? You're absolutely right. At 2 a.m. in the dark, all alone, on the couch, I agree. 
you could not control yourself. You know where you could control yourself? When it was midnight and you were dropping her off at her apartment, you should have had some safeguards set up and some boundaries that say, you know what? We understand ourselves. We understand the urge to merge surge that can just periodically appear in a young person's life when they're dating, especially when they really like someone. But you know what? We don't want to destroy this relationship. We want God to bless this relationship. So we're going to set up some boundaries when we're strong about how much we're going to be alone so we don't destroy this relationship or sin against God in this relationship when we're weak. Amen. Can you give God a hand for that? So look. I'm ending, I'm ending here. Matt, y'all can come up. Let me give you these real fast. Okay, look. Spend time alone. Don't spend time alone with the opposite sex. Don't discuss your marriage with the opposite sex. If you're a man and you're married, don't be telling a, another woman, yeah, my wife, she just whatever. If you're a woman, don't go talking to another guy about your husband. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. Are you following me? And watch, don't hang out in the wrong environments. There's some environments, watch, you just shouldn't be in if you're not with your wife or you're not with a group of people. That can be a physical place or it could be a chat room or it could be somewhere on Facebook. Are you following me? Well, it's just a little innocent flirting. Oh no, it's not, you're on a path. What are the three do's of marriage? Nurture your relationship with Jesus with each other. Did you know this? Harvard, Harvard did a study and found that only one in every 1,200 couples, their marriage ended in divorce. One in 1,200, this is not some Christian whatever. This is Harvard. The University of Harvard did this study. 1,199 marriages, were, people stayed married. If in their relationship they went to church together, they prayed together and read their Bibles together faithfully. They prayed for one another out loud and they read scripture to one another and they attended church together. That's a threefold cord that's not easily broken. That's how to bring God in the marriage. It doesn't take two to make a great marriage. It takes three to make a great marriage. So nurture your relationship with Christ. Bring your spouse into the conversation. If you're around you know, if you're a guy and you're around a girl and she's cute and she's pretty and you're talking for a long time, you just need to make it a habit of bringing your wife in the conversation. Or if she's married, you need to just make it a habit asking her about her husband. Bring him into the conversation. Are you following me? If you're a woman, you're talking, you just need to bring your husband into the conversation. What are you doing? You're sending a signal. Do you see what I'm saying? You're honoring your spouse. And if your spouse senses something, if some relationship, some texting, somebody at work, something, if your spouse says, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with you texting that person. I don't feel comfortable with how y'all are talking or this or that or social media or whatever. You know what, honor your spouse's request. Even if you don't feel like there's anything there, you just honor your spouse's request. And the last thing, and we've talked about this before, listen. You've gotta be proactive in watering your own garden because neurons that fire together, what? They wire together. Here's what people think. Oh, the grass is greener on the other side. Oh, no, it's not. The grass is greener where you water it. I'm telling you, couples, you get busy, you got kids and all that. If you have to, listen, you need to schedule a time to do some watering to do some gardening, 
Come on, guys, I'm gonna leave you with this scripture one more time. Look at this, right here. I'm gonna leave you with this one, couples. Look, as a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always, always be enraptured with her, her love. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every married couple. Come on, stand to your feet. God, I pray for all of us right now. Lord, we wanna honor you in our relationships. God, by your word, Lord, we're gonna honor you with our bodies, God. Lord, we repent and renounce all sexual sin, Lord. God, we wanna do it your way, Lord. We wanna honor you, God. I just pray in this church, in this place, everyone here today, Lord, if there's anything going on sexually that's sin, anything, God, that's bringing destruction, Lord, I pray they would repent. I pray they turn to you. I pray for a fresh start, God. Lord, give us grace. Give us power in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.